Hi, hello, it's me, it's Ryan, and you're listening to my podcast, me and all my friends. Welcome to it. It's been a little bit, but we're back and I'm a year older. Well, not like a full year older, but I am a, a numerical year older than the last time you, you put these words in your ear. Yeah, okay, this is going well. Um, how's it going? Is your year, you were a month in... To the year and it feels like this is now the breaking point where uh, even though uh, four weeks ago you should have been you know done with the excuses and done with the uh, reasons why you're not as productive as you should have been but now you're really truly done and maybe you know you wake up and it's cold and you don't want to do uh, go to the gym but you should go to the gym and the pool getting just get in the pool I know it's cold but it's heated and you're going to have after you're done with the pool, you're going to feel good about the pool. So don't snooze. Only snooze it once or twice. OK, don't you know today on the podcast, I say Tim H. Tim Hatukit is on. Did I say that right? I should have asked him for more clarification. It's one of those last names where it's, you know, I, I know it. I know it's Hatukit, but uh, it's a very intimidating last name. You can't have like a a non-intimidating last name like uh, Blewett. Yeah, that's that's it. But Tim H of, of YouTube and otherwise uh, fame is on the podcast. What a great talk. We talked uh, all the way around filmmaking, uh, becoming a YouTuber, the community that he finds himself in and the process of, um, you know, kind of making your career uh in this day and age where there's so many different options and Tim has done such an incredible job at not only creating really amazing work, but he also, you know, has so many great connections and has done so many interesting uh, things that, uh, he, you know, he really has a wealth of experience to talk from. So uh, it was great. It was a really good talk and I think you're going to love it. But first, maybe you should leave a review, you know, on the iTunes, on the SoundCloud, on the Spotify, wherever you're listening to it, just, eh, you know, just drop a review because it's going to help other people come to it. And the more people that come to the show, the more show there's going to be. So it's it's a symbiotic relationship. Uh, other than that, you know, where you can find me on all the social medias and, and, and you know, the, the normal, the normal things. But for now, here we go. Tim H, in your ears, do it. We're all holding on to like one of us is gonna make it, you know, like like <laughs> sure. we're gonna wait. It's gonna happen, and and it still could. But like the smarter people were the ones that in college made production companies that are now like smashing and and right, doing right. really well, and they have all this capital where they could go off and make a feature film. And right, right. we're like, but please, I want like an I want an old man to give me like two hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> Which is essentially the summation of like what it means to be like a, you know, late in your in the latter half of your twenties filmmakers. You're just like, I want someone who used to work for a studio to give me this much money to <laughs> to do. You know, well, it's funny in general with that stuff, isn't it? Because I think it's it's one of those strange things where it's like uh, there definitely seems to be a truth to the, you know, like something I'm paying a lot of. Attention to when I was talking to Dom about it when he was talking about which one he should he thinks he should do. And obviously, I don't want to go against what his manager is saying or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, for instance, I'm always a little jealous of Dom because, for instance, like one of the things, like in 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 that his idea, I think, fits well. Like you know, he was talking about potentially doing like his feature version of the end or mm-hmm. whatever. And I'm like, 
I think I think that's a really good first feature because right. it's because it's like because it it's all the it's all the things that are hard to reverse engineer on purpose. Yeah. Like so, for instance, like I I I'm very seriously looking into ways to potentially do serenades end, like, mm-hmm. but all the reasons, and I'm trying to think about ways that I can turn all the reasons not to do it. Cause you always have to think of like the reasons not sure. to make it sure, sure, and sure. turn those into positive. So for instance, like you can't do that one as your first fe- feature cause it's a musical and musicals are expensive and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like looking at that and going, well, I could potentially, you know, I could potentially like use my dad who produces music and get all the songs professionally produced ahead of time. Would I call in that favor for this project? Like, you know, like I'm like, yeah. Because you've got one of those favors. Yeah, exactly. And that's like the kind of thing where I'm like, and then, you know, I can turn that weakness of, well, how are you going to do the songs yeah. into a strength? It's like, holy shit, the songs sound professional. Yeah. And all these different things. And like, and all that, by the way, trying to not get delusional, I remind myself, I'm not making Shaun of the Dead. I'm making Spaced. Yeah, this sure. Is the, this is the thing you make. This <laughs> that's is a the good thing, way to put it. Yeah, this is the thing you make that like hopefully gets you Shaun of the Dead. Right. Or whatever. And either way, so I'm looking at that and I'm, you know, potentially go to my parents' place for 20 days in Yorkshire and sure. shoot it in the UK and do all that, right? All the favors, try and do it. And and do the kind of thing where people would watch your 100K musical and go, like, yeah, all yeah, right, yeah. you're not like, it's not it's not a giant fancy musical, right? but there's enough in there that I'm like, yeah, it's you here. kids have got something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's, like, but what makes me jealous of Dom is like, the end is all that but it is producible and it is yeah. like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's a love story told out of order and like a person who knows mm-hmm. how things are going to end and all these things, but like, Oh, you, you have it. You have the producible shootable in rooms. Yeah. Like <laughs> ideas, ideas are funny like that. We're like, like cause I, you can't do it on purpose. No. You can't tell yourself like, it's just going to be like two people talking in a room. Like, right. <laughs> because there is like, like maybe someday, like you're going to get hit with like the inspiration of like, Oh, Whoa, there's the, people in yeah. a room and the pitch is all there because I'm the same way where like I even when I was just home for the holidays like like my hometown is so like I live in really really rural Connecticut and mm-hmm. like it's so beautiful and cinematic and like being there everyone would be excited about like a movie getting made Absolutely. so I yeah, would yeah. have schools bars restaurants a million every house in the world yeah. lakes beaches the whole thing all within a driving distance food would be free people would make food restaurants would donate yeah, the whole thing yeah. I just don't have the, the idea. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I, and I keep trying to will it into existence, but it's like, no, 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 like, and I've said that to Dom too, where I'm, I've always maintained with him. I'm like, listen, if you, if you, uh, you know, want to do something, I have the area to do it in, Yeah, yeah. but he has it. It just, just onto the laundry list of reasons why we're all jealous of Dom. <laughs> um, he, <laughs> well, it's funny. Cause when I say that it's, 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 it's so specifically comes from, it's not even, it's not even like, oh, like, like, you know, it's not even like off the talent. It's more like, oh, you have the idea. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, you, yeah. You have the that, one. That untangible, do. like intangible, like whatever thing that like all of us want it. Yeah, yeah. And we all have our own Yeah, our thing. own version of the thing we, we, we're willing to absolutely. Right. But, but exactly, I think it's that thing where, where again, I'm sort of, it's also weird because it's the way I always talk, what, what, what I'm saying when I'm, when I stress the space for a of the dead thing or, or the other example would be like, you're not making whiplash, you're making Madeline on a park bench. You're, yeah, making, sure, you're sure. making, you're making the movie that comes before that. And what's weird about that is in your, in your, your career trajectory, mm-hmm. it's hard to think of a movie you're passionate about and go, Oh, this is the one that proves that I can do like, no, right. you have to be as excited about your but, tiny movie as you would be about your next movie. Like, cause right. that's not how creativity works. You have to look at, <laughs> you have to look at that movie and go, 
I want to make this. Well, and you don't even want to make like a short film being like, oh, don't worry. This is my hat. This is my one that gets people to the to the real one. Exactly. You want to be pumped about it needs to be the one every single time. Exactly. Well, that's even like um, like uh, J.J. Abrams has come into Megan's restaurant a few times Mm -hmm. and he's like been working on scripts by himself in a booth and stuff like that. And it was after Star Wars. And I was thinking, like, what is that script? Why is he at a moderately priced burger restaurant? Mm-hmm. What is he thinking? Is he thinking like this is the one that that yeah, you, yeah. you know like because even he's like oh wait I made Star Wars I made the one and but no but the next one is the one is yeah, the one really? like <laughs> like this don't worry about it it was gonna be Mission Impossible and then Star Trek but th- but this is it this yeah, is really this gonna is be the one. it yeah this is gonna be the one I do my best work on creativity is weird like that uh, or like the the point at which creativity like hits passion or excitement mm-hmm. or whatever absolutely i mean again it was actually funny i had i had coffee with dom yesterday and, we, mm-hmm. and, he, and he and he was talking a little bit about and we've all been there like he was talking about the the creative like the the drive thing mm-hmm. like you know he wasn't quite yet feeling the like oh you know beginning of the year i'm gonna like i can't wait to go make things sure. or whatever and it's like and we've all been there at some point in the form of i just can't get excited about a short right now i can't mm-hmm. get excited about pulling together the crew and doing all the hassle sure. because I don't, and, and, and it's one of those weird things where, where it's like, is that, does that mean the idea sucks? No, it just means that you're right now in a place where like, that sounds tiring. Yeah. It'll pass. <laughs> like you'll be pumped again. You'll be like, I can't wait to be on set. Right. But like you have moments where you're just like, I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. I think the fear too, is that like, if you, will, will you get into a cycle where you haven't been excited and then you'll just continue to not be excited. <laughs> yeah. Like, will it never come back? Absolutely. Which- and it's scary to feel... Yeah. It is It is scary to look at the page or whatever and not be excited by the prospect of right. anything. Or it's scary to, you know... Yeah. It's one of those... It's... I remember I had a tangible moment where I was where I was a little terrified because I had like a moment of like not being excited about, you know, the industry and my place in it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I remember... I think that was about about a year and a half ago or something or two years mm-hmm. ago. And I remember it was vivid to me because I'd, no matter how bad things had gotten, I'd never considered stopping or yeah. I'd never like, and, and it, and it was a fleeting sure. thought. It didn't stay with me. Yeah. But the fact that I got to a place where I was like, mm. maybe yeah. this isn't going to work out. Like in like yeah. a big way of like, maybe I need to do something else. And like having that moment of, of, I remember that really stuck with me. Yeah. Like, oh. like, and then, you know, you get over it and you're like, well, what else am I gonna do? I'm yeah, what what the fuck else am I gonna? Be? I can't be a like a a, a doctor at this point. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. A, there's no walking this back. Like, uh, yeah, I think it, it's also the thing where like at least in my head, like I know enough people that are in their 40s and that are like filmmakers and in work in the industry in one way or another, and I'm like, oh, I see what this is. Where you're not Steven Spielberg or something like that, but you're like here and working and in making a a thing even if it might be like a branded thing or something that no one really sees or whatever um but you're making it work and you're you know you're 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 paying off your mortgage and you're putting your kids through college and whatever yeah like and you're doing it in the film industry it's like it's like something i remind myself of quite regularly actually it's something it's it's like a motivational thing months and i sometimes tell ourselves when we're in a bad place is like (laughs) is is the it's actually funny because Yes, we all have that feeling sometimes of like, uh, my relatives are never going to feel like I made it unless I, yeah. unless I'm accepting an award sure. at the Oscars. Right. At the same time, there's also the counter the counter argument to that, which is, you know, the people we've worked for, the places like the fact that we've 
screen their stuff at Buffer and the fact that we blah, blah, blah. like True. that's already versus like 90% of the people who come here and try to make it. Yeah. Like you're already more in the inner circle. Right. Than like, you know, like the fact that we like, we have access to the screeners. We get to go to the lots and watch things. And, it, blah, blah. and just the like, people it, that you've seen, yeah. like people go their whole, they, they, they come out here, get burnt and then leave and never yeah. like, like they never see beyond the, the studio gate. Yeah. And, and, well, and, and, <laughs> like, and even like, uh, I mean, even literally to go to like a screening at Paramount is like, Oh, cool. You're in the seat. It, the, the other day, like uh, a few weeks ago, Megan and I went to uh, a party. Like our, it was like an album release party for um, the the streamer Ninja, who's like you know oh, yeah, the top yeah. streamer or whatever. And like we were there with our friend who has a song on the album, and and it was very chill and very like nonchalant. And we're like, why are we here? Like 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 yeah. there are people all over the world that are like would kill and pay thousands of dollars to like shake this guy's hand, and he's just like a guy I'm not talking to at a party. Yeah, you know, yeah. like, I'm, I'm, I'm drinking, like, a, a free uh, uh, gin and tonic next to him being like, oh, this is a Wednesday, you know? Like, yeah, like yeah. I, it, 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 even though, like, I, you know, it's easy to feel like a complete failure, sometimes you just got to look at a moment like that and be like, oh, yeah. Or, you know, however many cool people like, like uh, uh, Dodie or L or any of these people where you're like, oh, yeah, they're just people in my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it, you know? Like, I, I don't know. No, it's, absolutely. It's, it's, it's funny. Uh, I was thinking in the car, when did we meet? I was trying to put this together. Was it, because um, I, I had the realization that we haven't known each other for as long as it feels like we've known each other. Yeah, probably. Like, I'm trying to think, it has to be, it has to be since moving to LA, so it has to yeah. be after 2014. Mm -hmm. I want to say, I want to say, probably not 2014 yet, because I, I don't, I don't feel like I think, I think about that year and I'm like, I, I think I, I meant to meet with Dom yeah. once. Well, we Dom didn't... wasn't here until 2015. Yeah. Right? Could be. Yeah. Or, or like, or I, feel, I feel like he moved around a similar time, but yeah. Like, I, I think I only, like... Because at the time, it was like, oh, cool, you're moving out here as well? Cool, let's get a coffee. Like, right. It was, like, it was like that kind of... Well, because you, know. you were friendly. We got... We got I want to place a lot of... Because I feel like you're one of those guys where I know all the pieces, but I don't have them... Like, even insofar as, like, when were you in Belgium? Like, like, like <laughs> all, like... But, uh... So it must have been, was it like at, when we went to go see Spider-Man 2 or something like that? That would probably be a big one, yeah. Pro in the form of, it, I feel like that's maybe where it went from, oh, I've seen you before at something, yeah. to, oh, we, we like we're went in, to a thing together in the same social circle. Right, because that was also a weekend we were hanging out like a lot because Jack and Dean were here and yes. there was like a lot of that. But it was through Dom, definitely. Yeah. But it was like, I was trying to think if it was in the within the last two years or if it was in the last three years and I couldn't mm -hmm. I mean that place that, it that makes me assume it's 2000 I think it was 15 or 16 maybe 16 because I like um if I remember correctly <laughs> if I remember correctly uh when when you and I started hanging out uh -huh. I was no longer in a relationship with Christine uh-huh <laughs> yeah Christine because and i broke I, up just before the force awakens is like i don't, whoa, remember, that, I, don't that, I don't remember my that's life. an incredible like timeline of it yeah i don't remember my life and breakups always in relation to star wars movies but that one i do uh, <laughs> <laughs> but like but and I, because i feel like that must make it must make it 2016 yeah which, like which early right, that feels like very recent and it feels like we've known each other longer than that it does because if, if i were to be like oh three years i'm like well, because by the time we were at Bufferfest in 2016, we were like good friends. Mm -hmm. 
And also it was weird because I, Christine and I had a improv class together in 2012 or 13. Mm -hmm. So I've known her since all the way, way back then. And then I remember when you guys started dating, it was like, oh, I kind of know this guy and he's dating this other person that I kind of know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Weird. Okay. Where were you born? (laughs) (laughs) All the way back. Yeah. Let's just start. We could just start. Um... I was born in Belgium, mm-hmm. uh, in a small town outside of Antwerp called Bornem. Uh, okay. In, I don't know anything about Belgium. Yeah, 1981. I, okay. 1981, did you just say? 1991. Oh, okay. I was going to say, like, what? what? Yeah, I've been a lot older. <laughs> yeah, this whole time. Uh, and your mom is, Be- who's the Belgian? Uh, my dad is Belgian. Okay. And my mom's English. Okay. Um, so, yeah, my mom's from the south in the UK. And, um, my dad is from Antwerp. How did they, how did that, I mean, is there much, like, how did they meet? Uh, I want to say dad was working for a law firm in the UK. Okay. And they met there and then things happened, I guess. But he makes music? Uh, my dad is a, um, you know, he rides horses and he's a musician, but all those (laughs) things are, uh, he, he is the kind of person who... He built a career uh, in banking mm-hmm. and he sort of, and he bankrolls all his creative passions through that career. Like, okay. you, know, you know, like, um, so he's like a real, real professional guy <laughs> who just like bankrolls his hobbies like hard. Yes. That's so, awesome. Yes, exactly. For instance, I don't think, I think, I think to him it was very much like a calculation of like, well, I can't have the horses and I can't do all these different things <laughs> if I don't have money. So, like, you know what I mean? Like, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I like the horses being the lead. Well, I do want the horses. <laughs> yeah, well, he always describes, he always describes like when he used to live in Antwerp, he always said like, oh, you know, that it was inconceivable, like having my own horses. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the way I've known him, it's like I've never known a version of him that basically doesn't have horses. Have horses, <laughs> like like it's such a like big part of like I care about my horses. Were you? Do you ride horses? Are you good at riding horses? I rode horses for about two years. Okay, um, so not that long. I was thinking about horses when I was growing up. It was like a uh, you know a, a girl thing or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Well, ironically, the of of all my dad's kids, I feel like he was excited that at least one son would. Would, do it. Would do it, but no, it's the two girls. The the my sisters both uh, ride horses, but n- none of the boys kept up. Yeah. Well, wait. So how many siblings? I, 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 this, this is a this is a whole. I, there's a lot of there's a lot of dark pockets in my <laughs> understanding of you. So, <laughs> um. So yeah, my dad was previously married. Okay. Uh, so I have a half brother and sister who are older than me. Okay. Um. And then, uh, in his marriage with my mom, mm-hmm. uh, I have a younger brother and sister. So mm-hmm. I'm technically the oldest child and the middle child. Okay. So I always, I always like to say I, I I have all the I have all the like stubborn. I'm the boss qualities, but I'm also, who am I? I'm the middle. Yeah. I'm an insecure bossy person. It's like the worst combo you could possibly have. Were your older siblings like in your life growing up as well? Or? Um, yeah, mainly on the weekends, mm-hmm. um, you know, cause they had their mom and, and, and sort of, they would see dad, uh, usually they would come, uh, over the weekends. Yeah, right. So. so how long were you in Belgium for then? Um, Man, it's it's always it's it's such a tricky timeline. Cause yeah. <laughs> which Star Wars movie was coming out? <laughs> yeah, which Star Wars movie was yeah? No. Um, so I, I know I was in Belgium for the first couple of years, and and they were uh, sort of you know still living in Antwerp, and they mm-hmm. weren't quite yet living with where sort of I, I spent most of my high school days. But then, I I distinctly remember my my seventh birthday. I was definitely in in the UK because we moved to to the UK in my primary school days for about two years Mm -hmm. and then we also spent 
a year in Luxembourg in a sort of international English-speaking school. Okay. Uh, all of this was because my dad's career. Right. Like, basically, we moved... With him. With him, basically. Sure. Or that would be the... Um, but yeah, we lived in the south of England for two years in Surrey. Um, and then Luxembourg. And then back to Belgium for sort of the end of primary school and then high school. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, so you were in Belgium for high school? Yeah. Okay, interesting. My, my entire secondary education was in Belgium. Whoa, okay. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't, I guess I didn't understand that you were that fluent in Bel, 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 Belgium. Uh, yeah, Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. It's a good example of like, it's, it's, I suppose I could say Flemish, but I always tell myself not to because saying I speak Flemish is the same as saying I speak American. Like it's, it's right. Flemish is, is a, is but, an accent, but not a language. The right. same way American isn't an accent. It's a. Sure. is an accent, not a language. Man, I am like truly realizing that because I, I know that like the Netherlands is Dutch. Yeah. I had no idea that Belgian people speak Dutch. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a fascinating little country because they speak half the country speaks Dutch, uh-huh. half the country speaks French, and then a small pocket of them speak German. So it's a oh. tiny country with three official languages. Right. It, 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 I mean, it, I feel like in Europe there's like the power countries there's like you know france germany england spain italy yeah and then everything in between is just like yeah like we'll just they're just like gradients <laughs> yeah, of we'll the in between yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, they don't well, matter as much <laughs> well it's funny as well because i you know it's actually funny when i talk about sort of belgian cultural ident- uh, identity stuff is you know it's, it's interesting because i would say for instance i think belgian bakeries are delicious mm-hmm. i would say they're comparable Two French ones, mm-hmm. like, like it's like it's, you know what I mean. It's like sure. one of those strange things where it's like sure. I wouldn't be like it's gonna blow your mind. It's completely different. It's right. like no, it's like a European. Yeah, thing. it's like a, it's like a croissant, but it's just a little bit, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so gr- growing up, then it sounds like you probably inherited your the creativity came from your dad. Uh, I guess so. My mom, yeah, my mom was a, a big fan of language mm-hmm. and um, uh, you know definitely sort of encouraging of all that stuff. But mm-hmm. yeah, I suppose. It's interesting because in a way, yeah, when, when you sort of, when I sort of give, if I were to just be like, oh, my dad's a banker. Right. I feel like the stereotype because of movies in people's heads is like, oh, he must hate the fact that you're yeah. like, a filmmaker. <laughs> and I'm like, no, actually both my parents were always very like supportive of creative work and creative mm-hmm. projects. So was it, was YouTube the beginning of that or were you even like pre YouTube? Was YouTube just like, oh, now I can share this and put this yeah. somewhere? The, the, the instinct to start editing mm-hmm. and making things so for i think i like a lot of people like was like oh there's a computer mm-hmm. oh windows movie maker right. oh i will download this episode of blah 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 <laughs> and edit it or yeah. change it or like i remember we did things like like i feel like we downloaded like things like episodes of Yu-Gi-Oh or something <laughs> and then we did the voices yeah like we re-recorded the voices right so well you were telling me once that like uh, like you, you were pretty big into like doing weird little edits and stuff like that. And yes. like had the, like before you were like Tim H you had like moderate success making edits of other things, right? Yeah. Yeah. Fan trailers and yeah, absolutely. And, and, and it's also interesting because at some point I asked for a camera mm-hmm. and then the first things we did were like star Wars fan films, which was basically just sort of like, Oh, we'll set up a tripod or before we had a tripod, it was like, we'll put it on the kitchen counter and me and my brother will smash broomsticks (laughs) into each other and it'll look like yeah you'll put the sound effects exactly yeah so you know very sort of like imitating what you like and Mm -hmm. what i liked at the time was star wars yeah jones and zorro and things with swords sure (laughs) Sure. um and uh 
meanwhile, I guess, I think somewhere along the line, because because I remember uploading things to Google Video. <laughs> Whoa. So, so, you know, I, I wasn't instantly in on the YouTube thing, but yeah. I definitely liked, I can put this online and send the link to people. Sure, like, sure, the, sure. Like, and, and those people were, you know, the people who were in it. Right. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Look at this thing. Yeah. Um, so was it, was it a career before YouTube or was, was like the raising? Cause I, that's like always interesting to me too. Cause it, only cause I feel like for people of literally our age, like YouTube started when I was a freshman in high school. Mm-hmm. So that was like the most formative thing that ever could have happened where it was like the perfect age to want to like be making these things. Mm-hmm. And so there was never a question of like, for me at least, there was never a question of like, is this a career? It was just like, oh yeah, I can make videos and put them somewhere. Yeah. That's who I am. That's what I'm going to do. Right. So was there like a realization of it being a career or was it just like, because of YouTube, you just wrote in? No. Yeah. It was definitely, it was like a sudden revelation of like, oh, this has become a professional thing. And I don't Mm -hmm. know when exactly that happened because for instance, I would say I was making pals on the internet before I realized that there was, you know any kind of financial component to it. Totally. Like, like for, I always say, I mean, Jack and I, like, you know, my best friend, we're literally pals because mm-hmm. he went, he messaged me being like, what song did you use in this fan trailer for Spider-Man? I want that song. And I, and I responded to him saying, you know, like, yeah, just add me on MSN. I'll just send you the clip. <laughs> I always like to use that because it like perfectly dates it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But like, but you know, and then I sent him the file and yeah. then we started talking from there. So, so I, I sort of, YouTube to me was like a place where I put those fan edits and, yeah. a, and a place where I talk to other YouTubers, but it wasn't anything I sort of considered, you know, um, something that was going to lead to, right. to, you know, and I, I was definitely making at some point like original sketches and that was what I got excited about. I made a, I made like a terrible sort of like half hour long James Bond <laughs> rip off thing with me as basically like a kind of. I'm like 16, but I'm James Bond. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Those are good. Um, Those are very good. Yeah, and it's and it's funny because I, I, you know, I was making that because, yeah, I, that was what I like to do. I like to get a group of friends together and shoot a thing. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't immediately something I knew would become my career. Like, mm-hmm. I think it just kind of, that's what I did on the weekend. Yeah. Like that. And that it was, was your hobby, yeah. When I was at school, that's what I was thinking about. Right. Like, what we're going to get together, what we're going to write, what mm-hmm. we're going to do, you know? Um, so, yeah, and then at some point, I guess around the time I had to choose my path for university, I would say there was, like, a consideration of, like, oh, well, could I study, like, psychology or mm-hmm. do, like, this or that? But, like, the truth was it was kind of staring me in the face. It's like, okay, you want, sure. to, you want to do film. Sure. <laughs> like, like, whether that... And it just wasn't clear where that was going to be. Right. Like, it, was that going to be in London or, or was that going to be in Belgium or was that going to be in... That was kind of what was up for grabs. Right. Were you already... I mean, were you finding yourself... Like, like, like was it not until university that you had a little bit of success as like your face being on a thing and the videos getting views or I would say I was definitely, you know, I had like some people who would comment on my YouTube videos, but like nothing was getting more than a thousand views. Like a thousand views was a hit. Was a It was a big was hit like, back in the day. Dude, I got a video with a thousand views. Yeah. Like, like 2009, <laughs> 2010. It was like, that was some big shit. Like yeah. you, it, I, so, I, I, so, so it's, it's actually interesting cause I applied to my undergrad uh-huh. mainly sort of saying like, yeah, like I, I'm not even sure if I included the link to my YouTube stuff. I feel like I just said, I want to study film. Like I mm-hmm. care about film. Like I don't think I, um, yeah, I don't think it was, there definitely was no YouTube success at that point. Right. Had you done any like, 
Like, I remember, like, I made one for my application, but had you done any, like, serious short films, you know? I suppose my, I suppose that, like, that half an hour short film thing. Yeah, like, the that, James Bond one. As in that, that that was me being, like... This is real. Yeah, at the time, I was, like, fully proud of it, yeah. you know? Like, like and, and, and I guess what's weird is, like, I was always self-aware enough in that I, I think from a young age, as much as I knew I wanted to direct and I wanted mm-hmm. to write and I sort of wanted to do it all, I did have this producery urge to like I knew it didn't look like a movie yet yeah and I cared about accomplishing that sure I cared about like the texture starting to feel so like right. very early in my filmmaking process I started being like no I care about extras <laughs> and I care about something like that's I smart care, like like that's a good instinct yeah like you know just like I care about someone showing up in a car because <laughs> people drive cars in movies like, right. like, you know, like I don't like that it's just people walking around like you know when you ha- when you're when you're like 16 and right. like it you know like you're just like desperate like we used to like like once we strapped someone to the we opened they had like a trunk that opened so it was like flat and we strapped them to the back of the car and then we hung the cam they were holding the camera out right. the back of the car because that shot. was like yeah. the cool shot like underneath the cab of the car absolutely it's just so, so fucking stupid thinking about it now like i would never get that shot but it was like no this is production value like oh, this absolutely. is that's what I, we're gonna do i i think if there's something if there's something that you know, JJ got completely right with Super 8. Mm-hmm. It's that like, quickly shoot while the train comes by yeah, in the yeah. background because production value. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like I, I remember watching that and going, that was me. Like yeah. that was profoundly relatable. Did, did you have like, like, were you into YouTube before getting into it yourself? Were you into YouTube in a sense where like, maybe these guys came around a little bit later, but I remember when like Julian Smith came around yeah, yeah. and his stuff was like, how, like everyone was like, what, what camera yeah, do I need to make it look on? like this? And it was yeah. just like a 5d, but like he was so fucking good at the production value. Yeah. yeah Did you yeah. have guys like that where you were looking at them yes. and being like, yes. I mean, I think, I feel like, you know, it was sort of a little bit, you know, I was watching at first other people who edited things. Mm-hmm. So I was like, Oh, this person edits trailers this person edits stuff and then after a while sort of you know whether it was befriending jack or whatever it was like oh he tells tells me this person's worth watching and after a while there was definitely at some point a revelation of people make original things on youtube right and that's cool and that was an into university thing for you yeah like somewhere not in my first year but i think in my second year of university i i made some kind of promise to myself where i said i'm going to make a video every and right. it wasn't necessarily me telling myself that I was going to grow my channel. Right. I don't even know if it was that. It was just a work ethic thing. But exactly. I remember somewhere deep inside me, I had this moment of, and I think it was as I used to sit in lectures and, and, and we'd discuss films and everyone would always have lots of opinions and all mm-hmm. these different things. And like, and, and it's funny because every time I talk about this, I feel like I'm un- unduly shitting on uni- on film students. But it's like a thing where I was like, we're all talking about it, but no one's making anything. Sure. And like, and, and, and I sort of, and I remember the, the, the one a week thing, the philosophy was, it's going to force me to get out of my ass and like write stuff. Right. As opposed to sitting back and going, I would have done Skyfall this way. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Sort of like, like, which is how I felt your average film student talked. Totally. Sort of like, how come, how come they didn't think of this? And I'm like, they did. Right. Like the people making that. They thought, they thought it through. Sure. Yeah. On average, like, or, or, or just in that, that I sort of, the example I always make is, is like, yeah, you might have a take for how to make the amazing Spider-Man better, yeah. but Mark Webb's not an idiot. If yeah. you were in that same position, you don't, under, like, if yeah. you think you're smarter than him, right. 
you just don't know how like the industry works. You no. don't know how a bad creative project happens well, and well, how, you know. And I think that like everyone, it, 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 well, hopefully everyone by our age has had a, had a moment where like, um, uh, you've made a dis- an explicit decision in a film that you've made. Like you, like you, when you were planning on it, you said that this is the shot and it's going to look like this, or this is the curtain or whatever. And then you watch it back or it, or it, when it eventually gets consumed and it doesn't land and you were like, Oh yeah. I made a decision and it was bad. Yeah. Making decisions isn't always a good thing. Like, like, like you have to track like, Oh, it's not always that easy. Absolutely. Uh, And also just in general, like the thing I always come back to is, yeah, it's, it's like, all you need to do is like pour all your heart into something and realize it doesn't work, which usually takes, it usually takes until a little while after you've made it to like have that distance and go, Oh, yeah. that sucked. Yeah, I can be passionate about. There is this misconception that it's just like, oh, you just need to be passionate and like work hard, and you can do those things, and 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 it's bad and it doesn't work. Yeah, and uh, that's heartbreaking. Uh, anyways, uh, so wait, wait, where did you go to school in England? Then? Yes. Okay. So yeah, I I, I moved to London. Right. Uh, because my dad at the time was working in mm-hmm. London, and he would split his time, so he would work in London and then come back on the weekends mm-hmm. and. And basic, so basically, <laughs> for a healthy chunk of the week, mm-hmm. uh, that apartment was empty. Right, Like, cool. you know, the weekends was like, <laughs> yeah. you know, so basically he just, and my dad actually very graciously, he gave both me and my cousin, uh, who was also studying in London, a room in, in, and so when my dad would come and work for like the three days a week that he was in right. London, he would sleep on the couch. So I was like, he's a very, like, for all his, he's not very arrogant. Like, he's yeah. <laughs> sort of like, like sure. yeah, That's awesome. the kids can have a room, I'll yeah. sleep on the couch. Uh, well, and that probably just, like, puts you in such a mindset of, like, okay, I'm just going to work now and I yeah. have, like, the space to do it. So we're, uh, at what, so at what point, what's the timeline then as far as, like, because the Tim H that we all know and love, uh, you know, you, you obviously link up with Jack at a certain point in that group of people. Like, what was your entry point into that world of like becoming a successful, you know, YouTuber and more of a professional filmmaker? Yeah. Well, so I guess while I was in London, I was, you know, I was making making things every week, and, mm-hmm. and I suppose one of the my my key connection to YouTube throughout all this was actually like it's actually funny like. <laughs> At, in my first year of university, at the time, I don't even know if Jack had started at the University of Lincoln yet, but a lot of that crowd, mm-hmm. Tom Scar, you know, who sort of, Dan, Daniel J. Layton, Jack, Dean eventually, like, they all met and mingled at the University of Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Oh, they all went to school together? Basically. Cool. Or like, years apart sometimes. Right. Like, some of them graduated at different times, but they were basically all living in Lincoln, not Inter- London. Interesting. Uh, I, at the time, was spending my... Which is my... Like, like I, I, and I say this more because it's funny. It's not a name drop thing. But during my first year of university in Greenwich, I was friends with John Boyega. Yes, I know this. So that's the whole, like... Like, he was my pal like, yeah. throughout my first year, but he was very busy on, at the time, Attack the Block. That's so great. So, like, it's a good example of, like, you never know you just never who's going to... Someday, gonna... someday you're going to link back up with him and be like, it's crazy, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was always funny because, like, like, you know, it would be things like he would, he would text me, like, what do we have to do for this class? I'm sorry. I was busy on set. I mm-hmm. don't know what our homework is. Right. And it would be because he was working on Attack the Block. That's like, so crazy. Like, it's... So it... cool. It's so cool. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I think one of the funny things is I used to... This used to be one of my... My, one of my first bits of like work experience mm-hmm. in the film industry was uh, I got called in thanks to John 
and I met Joe Cornish and all those guys. And it was because I had to come do a voiceover for Attack the Block. So, and voiceover in the form of like, they needed gasps so yeah. that they could add it to the crowd. And, you, and you're in the movie? Uh, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm credited, but they needed like Foley. Right? Yeah, like, yeah, so yeah. it was like a sound studio in London and like basically they clearly told John and everyone like, yeah. who do you know? Just bring in some <laughs> bring people. Your friends, bring, yeah. Like, you know, cause it was that kind of movie. It was yeah. like, cause it's a small movie. Yeah. Like, you know, and they basically, so good, and it was like things like, oh, people need to breathe or they only, or a bunch of you need to yell at the same time. Yeah. Cause you're in the crowd. And Joe Cornish was like there doing that. Yep. Cool. Yeah. He was, and he would tell us, he would give us the context of what things were. Like for instance, there was a guy who got to do the scared breathing for like when you know there's like one of the hoodies like one of those sort of like yeah like bad guys i guess right like when he gets t- killed by the by the furry aliens sure like there's a there's a close-up on him like looking really scared and like and i remember joe cornish explaining like okay this guy's been like really tough the whole time but now he's like really scared yeah like, so i need you to do like the heavy breathing cool like so i saw him explain that and that like i said that was one day but I remember that being like, that was on my resume for like years. years or something. Like, you know what I mean? Like I was like, I was like, I came in for one day and did, but like, you know, at the time it's just, I think I took every opportunity to work on something, or yeah. do something you know? And that was like, to me, also I didn't freaking know Attack the Block was so legit. Yeah. Like, cause you have to, again, it's weird when your reference point to something yeah. is, oh, my mate at uni is working on a movie. Yeah. But you're not necessarily going... It's a legitimate movie. It's Attack of the Block, right? Yeah. Because you know, we've all, yeah, you, everyone knows someone that's like, oh yeah, I went and I helped them out on this and then it went nowhere. Everyone's yeah. got the, everyone's got a million, a laundry list of those. So it's funny when it's like, oh yeah, the thing that I was, the, the nobody thing that I was working on. Absolutely. Was now. Is and now. quite frankly, when I was seeing that, the, the edit for like the furry aliens and stuff, I remember like, I remember when that movie came out, I was thinking like, like I was excited, but it was yeah. more like a, yeah, let's go support John's movie. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, yeah. it's cool that it's in theaters. Right. You didn't realize it was going to be, like, a bit of a cult cool hit, and yeah. it was going to lead to Joe Cornish's career and, and all the... Like, well, and also, like, yeah, again, John could have been, like, you know, there's guys that I knew in college that it was like, oh, yeah, they're really killing it, and they're in all these student films and stuff like that. Uh, none of them are in Star Wars. Um, you know, yes. like, like yes. he just was the guy. Cool. So, so, so then, at what point do you link... Are you just talking to Jack the whole time? Yeah, we're Skyping, and... Um, you know, whenever he's in London, he's staying at the apartment. Uh-huh. And I think at some point I, I definitely came down and visited Lincoln because they used to do every year they used to do the Lincoln YouTube gathering. Oh, which was like wild. <laughs> yeah. Cause like in, I guess cause the UK is so small, but it was quite somewhere in the city famously always, you know, which is sort of our VidCon. It, it yeah. started out as a bunch of people meeting up in a park yeah. in London. But then after a while, and these things were just organized on Facebook. It was yeah. like, oh, the, Very the festive YouTube gathering. Yeah, right? well, I, I mean, I remember like 789 was in New York and that was like just a thing in Central Park and like Mitchell Davis and all those yeah. guys who were, it, I, I think Tessa Violet was there. It was yeah. all those people. So what were you getting successful on your own merits then? Or was um, it kind of like because you were buddies with them? I think I was probably, I would I would say, yeah, Jack and Dean were always like a little ahead of me. There's actually a very funny video uh, on some channel somewhere, I'll need to remind myself where it is, where, where uh, me and Jack are having a bit of banter sort of, I'm saying, like, and it's, it's us with like super high voices <laughs> and like really, really young and I'm sort of being like, like, you're going to tell me what to do, Jack? How many subscribers do you have, huh? And he's like, I've got nearly 400, Tim. And I'm like, oh. And like, and the joke is, Tim is really impressed by that number. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, the, the premise of that sketch, right. of that bit is like, 
oh man, they have 400. Oh damn. I only have a hundred. Right, 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 right. <laughs> like, so, you know, but, but I would say, yeah, like, I mean, uh, I came down once to Lincoln to be like in the background of their silent disco sketch, which mm-hmm. they were shooting and like, you <laughs> sure. Know. Uh, so were they the first people to pop off or was it? Cause I know like Tom who Tom I, who that. I don't know even a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that he was like the guy of guys. Like he brought in a lot of, like he shepherded a lot of people through yes. the door. Yes. I mean, he, the first time we all, the first time we, we went, we got invited to VidCon, mm-hmm. we were all guests and it was because of Tom. Right. Like Tom was basically like, my crew shall have guest passes. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. we were like, and, I, and like, we get to rock up with guest passes and I'm like, I've, at the time I've got like, I don't know, 10,000 subscribers, like, you know, like, right. which is, again, I say that like, that's not a, a cool number, but, it was, the, yeah. but obviously compared to, you know. And was like, cause, cause I mean, I know Charlie was a really early guy. Was he in your guys' circle at all? I mean, what was the playing field as far as like, cause now there's obviously like a very well-documented like England contingency of YouTubers, mm-hmm. but this was like the throes of it being put together. I, know? Charlie was the kind of person who, when he followed me on Twitter, yeah. That was a big deal. Yeah. That was like exciting. He was the, he was the guy. Yeah. He, he was, the, was the guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, and, and being like, oh shit, Charlie watches my stuff. Like yeah. that was like sure. big. Right. What I remember that. Like, and it, it is actually funny like now, cause I mean, I had dinner with him yesterday. Uh, like, is he here? <laughs> yeah. He was here for, for oh, just uh, for, just to be here. Yeah. For, uh, 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 but it was funny cause I'm like, yeah, at the time, like, yeah, he was, he was the, he was he's the, the OG. Yeah. Like YouTube British vlogger. Yeah. Cool. So what, what, so then, I mean, what's the next, what's the next step then? Because like, is the next step you guys doing like project library or something like that? Or was there like, was I there? So we're making sketches. I'm alternating because I'm making something a week. I'm doing vlogs and then every now and then a sketch whenever I can. Mm-hmm. Those sketches are shamelessly inspired by each other. Like mm-hmm. it's like what Jack's doing, what Tom Scott's doing. And we're all, we're all kind of pushing each other to do better. Yeah. And then all the while through... Mm-hmm. While I'm at university, I meet a friend called Mike Cannon, and he and he he originally pitches me the library idea, mm-hmm. and I run up to him one day and I went, I I dreamt the trailer for this, <laughs> is what I told him, and I was like, can we write this for uh-huh. this? And so then he and I meet up and take the one sentence logline of like guy who owes library a million pounds, and we took that to the nth degree. Yeah, so we were scripting it and we're working on it and all these different things and so there's a draft of it I think somewhere towards end of my second during my third year at university and mm-hmm. and I'm pitching it to everyone who'll listen and I'm sort of like and it's actually funny because I'm not a big YouTuber. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like but but Jack is pumped by it cuz I've convinced him that it's awesome. Sure. <laughs> I'm slowly sort of accumulating people. Yeah. And somewhere towards the end of my third year at university, uh, we somehow, myself, Jack, Tom Scar, and Ben all sign a contract with, um, uh, at the time, sort of multi-channel network, mm-hmm. who, have an, who have one of their original YouTube channels. I don't know how. We convinced them to fund it and the main videos live on my channel. Yeah. Like the thing I always say is, and I won't say the total numbers, but like, like we take a 10 K in pounds pay cut yeah. to put it on my channel. Right. Cause it was just worth it. Right. That right, it right, wouldn't right. live on one of those YouTube originals channels and just die. It's like, it was going to live. And what a good decision in hindsight yeah, too. Absolutely. Cause yeah. like, cause I don't think it would be as attributed to me if right. it had been 
just some random thing in the ether, yeah. right? Um, but yeah, we somehow convinced them to let us to let us make it, and we make it for well, at the time was more money than I'd ever seen, but yeah. like like now again, like you know, you get a little older and you're like, oh wow, we yeah. have nothing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, was that like a, was it a big turning point for you in terms of like you put it out there and the success of it and like the legitimacy of it? it turns people towards you? I mean... A little bit. I mean, it's interesting because, you know, Jack uh, Jack kind of attributes landing his agent to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Kieran got a lot of, like, sort of, you know, was was sort of really seen as, like, he was already kind of YouTube's go-to DP, but, like, I've, you know, for him it kind of helped. And right. I think I think it definitely did its job in, like, I, I would say I leveraged it and wound up... It wound up being instrumental in my USC application. So, right. So I got grad school out of it. Right. So everyone, everyone kind of was able to, I, I use project library as a benchmark for ironically what we were talking about earlier. I use project library as an example of that's what we're trying to do now, but with a feature. Sure. We're trying to do the equivalent of the way people looked at that and went, Oh wow, those kids had like, they did their money and they did this cool thing. Yeah. That's what we're trying to accomplish now, but with a feature. Right. Like, Oh, those kids had a hundred K, but totally shit. Like, oh yeah. That's I'm what you're old. trying to mm-hmm. Right, right, right. That's what you're trying to do. Right. Like, so is is USC then the next bit of thing that you're after? I mean, what after, was the process of going to USC? After Project Library, I'm applying to grad school, but I'm not set on going to grad school. Mm-hmm. Somewhere in my head, I liked the idea of going to the US, but I, I wasn't like, I didn't tell myself I need to go to Los Angeles. I just sort of was like, that could be me. What was your like, your MO at that point? I mean, were you making enough money from YouTube to just be living and I was so the lucky thing about London was I was you know living at home so I was able to whenever I got money for a project it's also funny because I say this now and I'm like like (laughs) it's like if I was smart I would be saving but uh but I sort of had the benefit of okay rent is covered so whatever I don't have to have a fee whatever money comes towards a project all of that can go into the project right and so that what was neat about project library is I think it did what I do think it did is it put me in conversation for bigger stuff. So, for instance, I don't think new form happens without Project Library. Mm-hmm. I don't think I get approached by Google to do um, what have we done, like my sort of like musical comedy right, thing. Right, 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 right. I don't think they approach me and fund that unless Project Library happened. Right. You know, so there's sort of a certain amount of cool projects and brand opportunities and things it, that came. It puts you a tier above like a lot of YouTube. Yeah. Sure. So for about a year, I'm working as a YouTuber and making Bad Burglars and What Have We Done Mm -hmm. and Telekinetic Girlfriend and all these different projects. Mm -hmm. Um, And somewhere in and amongst all that, I get uh, told that I uh, got into the stock program at USC. So So you'd applied, even though it was like an inkling in your head, you'd still gone ahead with the the program. Okay. Yeah. I'd applied and sort of was like, cool, we'll see. Sure. (laughs) Because I actually, ironically, like I got into, I got into, you know, it was, it was my, the person who planted it in my head was my undergrad film professor who said, he said like, you should just look at some of the like top film schools. Because I guess what he was thinking was at the time I hadn't, when I applied to, to, um, to University of Greenwich in London, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't, I didn't have the kind of credentials to apply to like the top film school. Sure. I could only sort of apply to so I studied film history and mm-hmm. that was great and it was a great undergrad. Right. But, but there's no production element in school. Yes, sure. exactly. And so, and, and also, uh, you know, but I guess with all the YouTube stuff and the, and the show reel and mm-hmm. project library and all these different things, there was like a sense of 
you might stand a chance. Like you might have a competitive application to get into one of the top film schools. So sure. th- he sent me that, like the, the, what is now almost funny to me, but the, the Hollywood reporter list of top 25 film schools. So, yeah. you know, I'm sort of reading NYU and I'm reading USC and I'm reading like, and I, and I applied to like the top UK based one, mm-hmm. didn't get into that, <laughs> but USC was number one and I got into there. So sure. like, it's a good example of like, nothing means anything. None yeah. of these, <laughs> really, it doesn't. like school number six rejected me, but number one, except who cares? Right. Um, but I, uh, yeah, I, I, I think somewhere in that I just decided, yeah, this seems like too cool an opportunity not to do. Sure. Um, because I got into I got into New York Film Academy and then USC like yeah. so and then when I got the USC one I was like cool that's the and was there any worry of like like did you have any momentum as far as like oh I'm worried about like breaking up the flow of your YouTube thing or anything like that or like where, was it just like this is too good I'm gonna I, you, there was just too much good in it it was a crossroads yeah I would call it a crossroads because there was this there was a moment of exactly like. I have this network of people who I make things with. Mm -hmm. I have, I have all these opportunities. I have a good life in London. I have great friends. Um, and I'm doing this YouTube thing and not only just doing the YouTube thing, I'm doing the YouTube thing and getting money to make things that don't 100% feel like just YouTube videos. Like I'm getting to make sure things. Yeah. Yeah. It's above your average. Sure. But there's also a part of me that goes, I've never had a formal film education. Mm -hmm. This is the top, top producing program and it, you know, it's a, it's a great film school and maybe this is the part of my life where I, where I look inwards and I say, when you were 16, what did you want to do? Did you want to become a YouTuber or did you want to become a director and a filmmaker? Right. And USC was, you know, it's the way- a Steven Spielberg building and there's blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And so part of my brain went, that's what you want. Sure. And ultimately that's where the choice came from. But like the whole time thinking, maybe I cut off this really good thing I had going on. Right. But there was like a, I want to make films. Yeah. Like, so. Well, I think it's also like an important thing that like, even though there's a lot of people that are like, because you were what, like 23 at the time? Something like that. Yeah. I was probably, probably 23. Is is that like when you're successful, I'm almost like really grateful that I wasn't successful when I was 23. Mm -hmm. uh, Because I think that like, it's really easy to get it in your head where you're like, oh, uh, I, 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 it's been working. What I've been doing has been working. I'm just yeah, going to yeah. keep doing this as opposed to like, that's the perfect time to put your ego aside and be like, no, but I'm going to like take a second and like learn how to do this Absolutely. thing. And it, yeah, I tried to, I tried to look at things like, for instance, losing my crew, my go-to mm-hmm. crew and saying, this might be good. Cause I will have to learn to communicate what I want as a director sure. to new DPs. Sure. And I'll have to kind of relearn all my skills. Right because I won't get to have comfort. I won't get to say, well, I'll call Kira and he understands. Sure. Right. You know, like, like, which again, it's, it's, it's a, both have their pros, but it was just a good example of something where I was like, yeah, I, I assumed I was like having to build all my network again will be frustrating, but mm-hmm. I will become a better filmmaker by doing it. Sure. Is what I assumed. Right. And, did, <laughs> and what? we'll never know. Like maybe yeah. <laughs> maybe well, in London I would. <laughs> but did you have, I mean, you're, you're pretty positive on the USC thing. I think now that you're, how many years is it? Two, mm-hmm. two years, three years, two years. Two. Uh, the production MFA is three 
and, but the one I did producing is two. Okay. So yeah, I did two years. So you're oh, so you don't you didn't get a master's, you just got a. I got a master's. Oh, you got a master's. Yep. Uh, it's just oh. it's just I feel like for some reason American ones are usually three, but this one was two. But, oh okay. But, it, but it, yeah, I have an MFA in producing. Oh cool. Stuff. So you're a master of. I have um, a master of uh, the fine arts. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> and was it? You're pretty positive on it, right? I mean. Yes. Yes. I mean, I think. Absolutely. Like, I mean, at the time, I think I was appreciating things like I was getting, there was a class that was being taught on the Disney lot, and then I interned for Matt Reeves' production company, and then mm -hmm. I interned for Warner Brothers, and blah, blah, blah. And to me, at the time, all that was what I wanted to be doing. Like, mm -hmm. I was like, cool, I'm, I'm, I didn't mind that I was getting coffee because... It because was it was for it the was right like people. Yeah. Like it was, like, you know what I mean. I was like, like, like. I remember my job, my my interview with Warner Brothers. They they asked sort of like, why do you want to be here? And I was, and I and I sort of said, I was like, truthfully, it's like, yeah, you guys have been that logo means something to me. I mm -hmm. told them I was like Batman and all like that. Sure. Growing up, that the Harry Potter movies, like yeah. going through the Warner Brothers logo, <laughs> I was like, like I have sentimental attachment to this company, yeah. and I would like to work for you guys, yeah. even if it means getting coffee for your executives and they were like um, fine we, we would all like coffee like yes <laughs> i always say there's a funny disconnect this is a little later this isn't during my first internship but there's a funny disconnect in like there was an interesting moment when the sort of the the push and pull of in one world i mattered and in the other world i didn't <laughs> which was which couldn't be sort of more perfectly articulated in the form of like i was able to email vidcon and really impress my boss at warner brothers <laughs> Because it was like, how did the intern get me a pass to VidCon? And right. I was like, because I matter in this world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's like a I, double like, life. Like, like, and it, and there was a the, the best example of it was I a year or so later, I got called back to temp for Warner Brothers for a while, uh -huh. and the executive who I was working for um, was overseeing War Dogs, uh -huh. and there was a moment over summer where. <laughs> I was working, so I was getting coffee for that executive. Yeah. Being like, here you go, sir, here's your coffee, blah, blah, And then seeing him get emails about war dogs and passing calls and whatever about the press. And then I flew to London that weekend, and then my manager got me invited to the London press screening of war dogs yeah. as a as a thing where then my, uh, where, what's his, oh, what's his face, Jonah Hill, and, and yeah. they come up on stage and go, please tweet about our movie. Like, that's why we're, yeah, <laughs> why yeah, we're yeah. being invited. And I was sort of like, like, just Did you tell that boss, like, oh yeah, I saw the movie already? I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> because I guess I just, I, I was pretty strict on myself. I told myself, like, you don't matter. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, in, in like a big way, I told myself, like, you're not here to subtly sneak them a link to your YouTube no. videos. You, you are here. And if they ask, you'll tell them. Yeah. And you'll, and you'll sort of, and you'll, and, but you won't pitch yourself in that way, basically. Sure. Um, and I'm almost, almost too good of a sport about it. I think <laughs> I, I think I could could have flexed on it a little. Yeah, bit. like I could have been a little bit more like, yeah, I'm a filmmaker. Like I worked for Ron Howard and Brian Grazer's company, and I did blah, blah, blah. like I could have pitched myself more. Yeah, but I was always very strict about like, nah, I'm here. That's important in the, in the role you hired me as. That's a, that's a, that's like so many people lack that, right? Like everyone that you ever talk to in this city, you like wants is to bring up the cool thing that they did or that they're doing or whatever. So it's like refreshing when someone's like no, i'm just gonna work hard and and just keep my mouth shut about this for a while yeah uh what, what was like i mean going to school was there something that you learned at usc as like in like a general sense as far as like what it means to be a producer a little bit like i mean for instance truthfully what i what i will forever sing the praises of the stock program for is 
I've been to a lot of film courses and a lot of, at that point I'd done a lot of production stuff because mm-hmm. YouTube had their own production workshops and then film history was, was great. And they were teaching you like historical context and like, this is why DW Griffith was controversial, but also influential and blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. Like I'd learned all that stuff. But ironically, I felt like what there was a shocking lack of in your average film education was this is what a contract looks like. You right. should be careful for these things. Right. Here's what a, you know, um, like here's how an indie movie gets financed. Mm-hmm. Like, cause in your head, you're just sort of like, I don't know, like the, the, someone, the guy green yeah. lights the movie, but then like, but more and more, they were sort of explaining things like, for instance, indie financing. And like, you can, you know, you can deficit finance, you can do blah, blah, you know, you can get, um, a lot of different financiers and mm-hmm. rich dentists to, <laughs> to, you know, all these different things. But, but the point being, I sort of didn't understand, for instance, I didn't understand like, like when, 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 when something's fully made indie, like I didn't get that, like, Oh, foreign pre-sales and all these different things that like were just concepts that I'm not saying I fully mastered them now, yeah. but I'm like, like, yeah, it's, it's in it's your shock- vocabulary. Yeah. And it's yeah. shocking that I, that I, that I did an undergrad in film and all these different things and yeah. I hadn't learned any of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? That I was sort of like, like we, we sort of, we get taught a lot of fun stuff about how film is great and all these different, and like learn to read the mise-en-scene and all these different sure. things. But what we don't get taught is like, here's how things work. Yeah. The practicality of yeah. the things that you can actually apply. One of the reasons that it was a mandatory part of the stock program that you had to do a summer internship was because they wanted you to like go, go work yeah. in like an environment where you see, right. Oh, this is how that happens or this is how, you know, that, that was something that I really liked about, like, even when I was a freshman, we had a required certain number of days, uh, on a film set. Like it needed right. to be a graduate or an undergraduate film set where, uh, like someone had to sign a letter for you being like, yes, Ryan was on this set working. And cause otherwise like you could just go your entire freshman year and never like learn. Right. And like what the producer that I worked for, like the first set I ever did, she, uh, I don't know what she's doing now, but she was like Boz Lerman's assistant. Right. for you know a while so it was like oh yeah that was a real person that was i was forced in front of because yeah, like yeah. you just need practical knowledge it's not like it, anyone can be like i want to be a movie maker but ultimately it's like oh absolutely i can i can you know and it's funny it's not it's not a sense of superiority at all but like but i i can i can always tell when i'm talking to an executive whether that's in the form of i was an intern to that executive mm-hmm. or whether that was in or whether that's in the form of i had a general meeting with one mm-hmm. either way I can always tell if they've actually been on a set or not. It's yeah. sort of like, it's just, it screams it. To yeah. Me. Well, even like there's, I mean, I've been in so many situations and, and, and at this point you have two where like, it, 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 and, and it's, I, I almost wish that I, cause we, we have friends that don't have like the hands in the, in the, I don't even know what kind of analogy I'm trying to put together. Like, like they're not in the trenches. I was going to say hands in the pudding, but I don't know what that means. <laughs> uh, uh, like, like hands on experience where you're talking to an executive who like clearly has no idea what's going on. And you're like, Oh wait, you, I previously, maybe I would have listened to you only because it's expected of me because you're like an executive and, and, and you have the knowledge and you're the guy, but really you, t- there's enough people who are like, Oh, you have you have no idea what's going on. Yeah. Like you, you just are talking just to talk and just so Absolutely. you can like, hopefully like if you're heard in a, in a, 
in a business call, then your boss will hear, oh, well, you know, John was talking and I'm going to give him a raise and then you can pay off the mortgage on your house in the Palisades. Like that's, that's, (laughs) that's a big swath of people sometimes. There's a lot of, there's a lot of seat fillers in this industry. Like in the, and I don't say that. Seat fillers like in the upper echelon. Yeah. Absolutely. There's people running departments who are seat fillers. Yes. No, absolutely. It's funny. The, the shock, one of the most shocking things I think really is that, and this is true of film students, it's true a bit like, there's a shockingly small pool of doers. Yeah. Like in this industry, like yeah. in the form of, you know, a lot of people are passionate about directing, but they sure. don't necessarily like have that thing of like, I'm going to find a way to make it. Like I'm going to be proactive and like put the thing together. And right. like, blah, like that step seems to be removed from, I want to be a director. Like, it's, right. like you know what I mean? Like it's it, like, it, it's the image of it. And it's like, you know, I, I think I, I heard this quote attributed to, to acting, uh, but it's basically like being a director, anyone can want to be a director. And it's great that if you can, when, when, when the time is right and, and you can, the, the iron's hot, you can strike it and make a thing and it looks good and whatever. But that's not being a director. Being a director is not, can you direct? It's, can you direct Tuesday at 9 a.m.? Yes. You know, like this thing would be with being an actor. Like, sure, anyone could turn it on and, and, and get there. But can you turn it on at 9 a.m. on a Tuesday when there's hot lights on you and you've been yeah. in makeup for three hours? Like, yeah, yeah. like that's what being an actor is. Being an actor isn't like – or a director. It's not the, the image in your head. It's like just can you grab at it no matter what? Yeah, um, yeah. And that, yeah, it, it, it's, like disapp- it's like disappointing, right, that so few people are doers. But it's also like refreshing in the way yeah, where yeah. it's like if you made something last year, you're in the race. <laughs> like you're, you're – because yeah, yeah. you, there's a lot of people that did not. Uh, yep. So what do you, so, cause I know now we, we were pecking at what you're, what you're after even this exact moment. So now you're still like a freelance guy. Yeah. Even for you, I know you had a recent stint where you're not freelance technically speaking. Yes. Yes. And, I mean, I sort of, yeah, I, I feel like I, I jump around at opportunities that seem interesting and yeah. will work for me. Um, I always, my eye on the bigger prize is always, yeah, trying to, you know, as long as I'm sort of vaguely moving in the direction of working towards directing and producing things, that's right. sort of where I want to live. Do you see yourself as like a director who produces because that's the way you're going to do it? Or do you see yourself as more of like a producer who's creating opportunities for himself to direct? That's a tough question. I mean, it's, it's weird because, you know, one of the whole reasons behind slowly but surely starting my whole extraordinary alien films mm-hmm. thing and kind of creating that as like a logo and a brand that lives separate from Tim H sure. is because I love the idea of eventually being in sort of like a, you know, like it's a very, very high bar, but like I look at what a Spielberg or a JJ does and I'm like, I'm just as jealous of their ability to lend their name and get things made curate talent and cu- and be like yeah. cool this person's awesome they should make a movie and like sure. like i'm like i would love to be in that kind of position because i'm like also because i just fundamentally believe i have tastes and sensibilities that aren't appropriate to every kind of project and i'm right. going to come across lots of projects in my life where i'm like that's awesome yeah i shouldn't direct it yeah like like sure. you know like so so my philosophy is always kind of like i want to be attached to cool things and i uh I have sort of a, when it's, when it lives in sort of dramedy action kind of area, mm-hmm. that's something I think I have taste for as right. a director, but you know, I, I, I think, yeah, I kind of believe, I suppose that I, I'm the kind of person who would want to like kind of curate their own opportunities and, yeah. and be like, cool, this one's for me to direct and mm-hmm. this other one's, I'm going to find people for it and find ways to make it happen. I mean, that'd be neat. Yeah. Um, 
And I like being in the trenches. I like being close to it. I like being, you know, actually like making stuff. Right. You know, I feel like I feel as tired as I can be. It's like I feel good when I look back at a year or whatever, and I'm like, look at all these different things that yeah. exist now. They're totally. projects, like as opposed to. Look at all this time that I thought about things. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and and then did my job where I where I want to shoot myself and blow. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, it's like. Right. I don't know. Is there like a general like umbrella under which? everything falls for you in terms of like do you have like a mission statement like are you like are you someone that's like i want to inspire someone i want to inspire people or is there something more that you're like wanting to speak to your own truth or something like that like is there do you have an umbrella under which like every you know everything you do is is yeah falls under enter uh entertain first but i do like there to be the movies i love are the ones that that have stuck with me or do tend to make me think and that goes across every genre like for instance and and i can and it can be and it can mean move me mm-hmm. it doesn't have to mean intellectually but it, for, for instance i love indiana jones, i love indiana jones and the last crusade uh big reason for that is because i think there's something at the center of it about fathers and sons right know? like like so i'm like i love things that you know and then polar op, polar op, uh, opposite different kind of movie but then like i love nebraska and i love mm-hmm. sideways like alexander payne's like a big like comedy yeah. drama guy for me where it's like I'm laughing and I'm having a good time but also you're telling me things you're like making me think about stuff sure. like so I do believe in the whole and it's not to over aggrandize because I think you know one of the cringy things that the Oscars do every year is like what we do is so important yeah. like like the sort of like reaffirming our right. but I do believe that stories are important and yeah. I believe that entertaining people is important and I and I don't believe in preaching through the medium like like and especially lately that seems relevant in like how political like everything mm-hmm. <laughs> like like every discussion about things is but right. but for instance like yeah like I don't know Spider-Verse like I love I love that the that the ultimate theme is anyone can be Spider-Man it's in you like right. that's Some, important for kids like kid, well kids <laughs> saw that movie and and it shifted them in a in a personality way where they're going to be able to apply that moving forward and all that and that's absolutely that is like yeah the value of entertainment yeah, yeah. And imagination and kid, you know what i mean like for instance i've always said like like the thing it's it's funny but like the thing that makes warms my heart when i see little girls dressed as ray mm-hmm. is because i'm like yeah i know what that was yeah. i know what it was for me to run around with a lightsaber and feel like i could take on right thing. and like it, was it productive? Well, in my case, it was. Yeah. Like, it might, it might like... And even, it, it, it can be productive in not in a way where you're yeah, going into entertainment. Exactly. Like, like there's, there's, a, there's a girl, because like, I remember, like, in January of 2016 or whatever, going to Disneyland and seeing the first little girls dressed as Rey. Yeah, yeah. And, like, wanting to cry, being like... Because like, even if they want to, like, be doctors or something, like, there's just a sense in them that they yeah. have that already. And they can do anything. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, because, you know... It, and it's 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 mind control a little bit it's like it's it's subliminal messaging to whatever degree but it's like it's real it's yeah. still real like Larry, yeah don't scratch the i mean i know you're just stretching yeah that's the worst thing about cat. these cats have been very chill but like i can't i i see that on your couch we have the same thing where just the edge of the couch is just well, destroyed as you can see what he's doing there is like he's not even being mean he's just stretching his limbs but it's like, destroying the couch yeah. and any any want of mine like my parents are always on me uh oh you should just get a new couch like this couch is destroyed i'm like yeah i'll get a new couch and then it will get destroyed so i might as well just maintain my destroyed couch and then maybe eventually i'll have cats that don't destroy the couch or i'll figure out a way to to get them to not do it uh it, well one thing i like to end on too just is the uh as the interviewiest of questions is like, uh, like, so what's it mean for you to be like, 
a friend because you, you're like a guy that's like in like a lot of different groups too like you've got mm-hmm. like a big england contingency you got a lot of different people out there so what do you like look for in a friend and, and Ooh, that's a big it, question yeah it's th- th- this is me uh many episodes in trying to retcon the title of uh the podcast so you know <laughs> this i was like oh it's like it's also i don't know it's something that like you don't really think of like you just kind yeah. of work unconsciously and then you're like oh wait yeah i mean you know what's interesting is is um i think and it's weird i <laughs> whoa what was that that's uh the pet feeder a few of them a few more of them might go off so i'll take oh great night <laughs> that's gonna it, happen one more time for mo as well <laughs> it tells them to come eat yeah so whoa. The, that one's saying larry that's oh, okay our voices and then it's like mo's does it work hmm? does it work it tell like when they they come to it uh kind of like larry because he tends to be more dominant does tend to eat first so it accidentally works whoa that's crazy i've never seen anything like that in my entire life <laughs> so yeah in a second i will go so I'll, I'll i'll think on your question for a while oh yeah i can edit this out um, even though it's uh it's kind of a funny thing to have heard yeah have you ever seen those like the uh the the litter boxes where they go into it and then it spins and it cleans itself oh yeah yeah i have a friend that has one of those and it's pretty wild because it gets rid of all of the mess and all of the smell. You just gonna eat, Mo? What are you gonna do? Does it go off at the same time? Uh, they go off a tiny bit apart. Okay, but like, but like every day at this yeah. time. And they know. Come on, Mo. Where's your food? Where is it? Our cats are way too dumb for this. He's looking for it. He's like, okay. There you go. Get in there. I like that a lot. Um, Anyways. Yeah, but it's actually interesting because I I often I care about I care about making things. Mm-hmm. But I think one of the reasons I do like it, and it's there's some kind of quote about it, isn't it? But it's like, oh, why do I love the film industry? And it's like making things with friends, mm-hmm. what could be better or whatever. And I'm like, yeah. What I look for in friend and like and, and anything is like yeah i don't know i like i it's the most important thing like yeah. ironically like i'm like i don't i care about making cool shit but more than that i'm like i want to be able to spend the day on set with people and then also still want to go for a beer right like it's just people in a room yes and that's exactly. important exactly and, and to me it's like one of those weird things where i'm like that will always be more important to me and it always has been it's like i'm like i i i like i like feeling human with other people and being excited about other things mm-hmm. and, and like one of the reasons I like this industry is because there is this kind of like I don't know you go to an office and you don't necessarily want to spend more time with those people sure but like yeah. but, but, but to me the work and the pals are the same thing it is like I'm like I hang out and shoot basically with people who I'm more than happy to spend time with right like so it's like one of those weird things where where to me, like a friend, what does it mean to be a friend? I don't know. It's like, yeah, someone who's someone who's there for you, you can have a nice time with, who mm-hmm. you can, um, yeah, talk, be vulnerable with. Like mm-hmm. a good friend, you can be vulnerable with. Um, and I, yeah, like it's interesting. I try to, I try to almost not overthink it anymore. Like I'm sort of like, if I, <laughs> it's like, just in like, that's actually one of the funny things is like I feel like I used to be, and this is a typical thing that a lot of people say about you know as you get older. It's mm-hmm. like, 
when you're young, you care about like maintaining lots of friends and having like lots of different things. Sure. And then after a while, you start realizing you get a little older, and you're like, I don't know. I need a few people. Yeah. I need a few good. People. I just need. I just need a few people with with good depth, as yeah. opposed to like needing to be present in uh, right here yes. forever. Like yeah. I can miss that party. That's fine. Yeah. But, like as long as I have like a couple people who like nourish my soul in the sure. right way. That's right. what I'm looking for. Yeah, that's good. Well, there he is. Tim H, the the real Tim H, the unfiltered Tim H. <laughs> it's like, this podcast is going to get me in lots of trouble. No, I didn't say anything. No, there's nothing, me. yeah. Well, it was good talking to you, man. We've been trying to do this for so long. Absolutely. So I'm glad no, we finally I'm, did I'm it. I'm honored that I'm finally... Do you, have, you, you don't have anything to plug, do you? Um, I guess so. Over the next couple months... <laughs> Uh-huh. So stay tuned for me on Twitter. Stay tuned for an un. Um, no, over the next couple, over the next couple, uh, probably month or weeks, uh, uh, I'm going to be releasing three more, or Funny or Die are going to be releasing three more videos that are sort of part of the how to get out of a speeding ticket franchise. Oh, so nice. How to get out of jury duty, how to pass an exam without studying, and how to replace a tire. So mm. those three will be coming out on Funny or Die. I'll, I'll look forward to them seeing on the front page of Reddit. Uh, yeah, soon. exactly. Hopefully we're going to keep showing up at Reddit. That's going to yeah. be great. Sweet, man. It was good talking. Yeah. Sweet.